Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I've got a very intelligent and interesting interlocutor with me tonight. Uh, that's a that's a really gay way of saying I've got a great guest. Um, she is the uh, 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 host of Pink Flame of Liberty on YouTube and plenty of other platforms. Uh, I, don't let me step. Just just tell everybody where they can find your great stuff. Don't let me step on your yeah. plug. Um, tell everybody about your role in Liberna- Liberty, uh, Libertarian National Committee. Do the whole spiel. Okay, well, YouTube is primarily where I'm at, though I do mirror on Odyssey because I know it's only a matter of time before they find me, before the lizard people find me and exterminate. Um, so, yeah, primarily on YouTube, also on Twitch, really starting to develop a Twitch audience and, of course, mirrored on Odyssey. But my primary thing is National Secretary with the Libertarian Party and Twitter shit stirrer. Oh, I hope I'm allowed to cuss. If I'm not yes, allowed to cuss, yeah. you're going to be in big trouble. <laughs> no, no, you're you're allowed to cuss. You're allowed to say whatever you want. This is so. Yeah, that that's basically what I do. That keeps me busy. I mean, I stream nearly every night. Okay. Um, listen, you know, you you're you're an interesting character. I I enjoy your work. I enjoy uh, your takes on things. Um, you know, I I'm not even full a full libertarian. Um, but none that's of probably, us are real. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's we're all to, LARPers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, it's really tough to be. I mean, the only the, the people who are uh like consider themselves uh themselves fully libertarian are just people who have never gone outside and read theory. Yeah, those are the only like 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 through and through libertarians. It's like enough. Go. I mean, I hate the I hate the tweet. Go outside and touch grass. Go outside. Go outside and commit a murder. Do something outside. Leave your house. Yeah, okay? Leave your basement. Leave your basement. I don't know if you um, do you have you seen the the shit on Twitter of what's going on in Iran right now? Uh, you know, honestly, not because I've been having a lot of trouble with my job and I just gotcha. pretty much left it today. So, gotcha. It's, yeah, now I'm working on getting new interviews. So, so it's 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 crazy what's happening in Iran. There's like this very violent uh revolution happening in iran right now and supposedly it is a new this seems to mimic like the arab spring where they're they're Mm -hmm. protesting against oppression and uh the first thing that shows up on my timeline is oh this is the cia's doing and uh you know i wouldn't put it past them who knows what what's actually happening but there's some violent uh rebellion going on in Iran whether or not it is american funded uh or not it is interesting um seeing as the entire you know the entire uh it, it we're we're beginning to be, go into a very violent phase of politics don't you think i mean putin we're still sending weapons uh to ukraine even though putin made a nuclear war threat i mean listen karen ann harlos gets president right now what are you doing with Ukraine? What are you doing with Putin? Tell me what you're going to do. Are you just going to say, hey, no, no more money. Fuck all of you. Um, or or do you have a different plan? Well, it would definitely be no more money. We yes. Money, like, we need money here, and the government has no money. It only has what it steals, and I don't think most people want to be... If somebody wants to send money to either side, go for it, but... We don't send stolen money over there, but I agree with Dave Smith that we should be doing everything we can to negotiate some kind of peace over there. You know, nuclear war is not going to help anybody. And I do think that's a real possibility. I know a lot of people put that down, but I I have I have little faith in mutual assured destruction. People will destruct themselves. They will self-destruction. And it happens a lot. So, yeah. I, I'm unaware of why people are leaning on the the game theory idea of mutual assured destruction. I mean, at some point... There's enough murder-suicides in the world that should tell you that the human brain, when it gets to a certain point, is perfectly willing to do that. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's the fact that... It is it is insane. This will Whether this results in nuclear war or not, um, this will be looked back on as 
the biggest fuck up uh, of of NATO history. The fact that we didn't encur- encourage uh, Zelensky to negotiate peace while he still could. I mean, I'm getting. I, I, listen, there are people on Twitter who are like Putin stands who like love Putin and Russia, and it's like. I hate that I'm on kind of your side of this, where it's like, I don't think we should be helping Ukraine. I hate that because I'm no fan of usually what you spew on this hellscape of an app either. But um, I'm getting annoyed. Like, I'm, I'm, bec- I'm, because I'm getting annoyed at everything that's happening on the pro Ukrainian side, I find myself sometimes, like, when I see Russia, like, Russia took over this, sometimes I go, yeah, good. Just get, let's just, come on, let's just end this. Somebody win, somebody lose, somebody do something. Because if, if, if you prolong this, it's going to, it's going to fester and it's going to get bad. And it was provoked by, you know, NATO expansion. So we can't act all innocent on this. And, and just being uh, opposed to, you know, some of this really pro-Ukraine thing doesn't really make you pro-Russia either. Like, it's possible to not like both sides and, like nuclear war even less yeah i don't know i'm not entirely sure i like any country at the moment oh yeah i know it's like yeah okay (laughs) i mean if i had to pick one country to enjoy i would say i like i like ireland right now just because it's always kind of had a rebellious streak and also the cliffs and the rolling hills. It's beautiful. It's because you're a ginger. That's because I think I need to I need to return to the <laughs> homeland. That's what it is. You need to return to the source. <laughs> That's right. I need to make the pillar. Listen, there's five pillars of Islam. It's uh, faith, prayer, fasting, the giving of alms, which is charity. And then there's the pilgrimage mm-hmm. back to Mecca. Well, my Mecca isn't in. No, no, no. We're going to Dublin. We're going to Dublin <laughs> to drive drunk and kill pedestrians. That's our Mecca. <laughs> We do it a little different in Ireland. <laughs> Man, it's and speaking of over there in Ireland, UK, they Liz Truss, this uh woman that they have in charge now, I mean, she seems to to stoke the 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 flames of the Ukrainian war as well. It seems like everywhere we turn it it just is constantly you have leaders doing what seems to be obvious to I think and I'm not even, I don't think just like the libertarian community. I think most people are starting to go, hey, you know, he's threatening new. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't push this. You know? I don't see the neocons being all that concerned about it. And that's concerning. Well, the neocon politicians, I think. Yeah. But I think if you would probably consult the general populace. But the elites don't give a shit what the general populace thinks. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. I, it, the, the problem is when it comes to, you know, say they take that first step and, and, and throw a nuclear warhead straight to Kiev. I mean, is Biden just going to, is, is he going to hit St. Petersburg or Moscow or something? Like what is, I'm not, I'm less concerned with one nuke going to Ukraine, which would be horrible. I don't want that. And I'm not downplaying the significance of what that would be, but it, I'm more worried about what our reaction would be. And I think it would be terrible. It'd be horrible, because whatever we're gonna do, that's what's that's what's gonna start shit. You know. It's, and it's, I know the other argument is is if we do nothing, that's gonna start shit. And the unfortunate part is we never should have gotten to this spot to begin with. I mean, you start getting to, you know, worse, you know all avenues are bad and worse there isn't good like isn't an option anymore yeah are you a bit of a collapsitarian like myself i'm a little bit of a collapsitarian where i feel like things almost do need to fall apart before you can patch it back up yes but i also have the big fears that you know that can only be done in a very terrible way. Oh, it'll be I, painful, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a pacifist. I know that's not a typical libertarian position, and it's not a libertarian position for me. It's a religious position. So I still hold... Are you a Quaker? 
Um, I'm not officially, but I'm very, very sympathetic to a lot of their positions. Okay. So, uh, you know, so I still hold out hope that things can can come to some kind of peaceful breakup. I, I do think a breakup's inevitable. I, I don't think the current type of um, world situation that we have, even country situation that we have, is sustainable. Yeah, well, and it's 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 getting more and more uh, unsustainable with with the you know there's there, there seems to be a crescendoing of a global crisis. So we're, it seems like we're in the rising action of something. Yeah, and people want it. It, it it's it's insane just the the fever, you know. But I'm like the biggest hippie you're gonna find. I'm like so anti violence. Not, I mean. All libertarians are anti-war, but I'm like anti-violence of all kind, even retaliatory violence. I understand it can be justified, but it's not my jam. Sure. So you listen, you if you kind of have that hippie streak in you, let me ask you something. What the fuck happened to the left that was supposed to be supposed to have hippie principles there's no left anymore. The progressives not left. They're just the other side of dark authoritarianism there's no real left anymore yeah it is interesting the cia did i mean listen they had a goal and their goal in the 60s was to tamp out the anti-war left and they did a hell of a job they did a hell of a job uh, you know eliminating their figureheads and their leaders stamping out any type of of movement that they could uh and if they couldn't stamp it out they would subvert it with uh different tactics such as MK Ultra and things of that nature. Um, so it, it is interesting to, to, to listen to the most idiocy I think I've seen in the past, in, in my entire life. I'm 26 years old. This is the most idiotic I've ever seen politics be. And to be fair, I haven't been interested in it that long, but I have an idea you know I've I know history a little bit and I've seen what but this is definitely the most idiotic it's ever been some people debate about whether this is the most torn the country's ever been then people go no well we had a civil war it's like okay yeah but this is the most idiotic it's ever been do you agree you know it's it's so hard to judge uh, who's that podcaster? I can't remember his name. That I really like, but he likes. There's to say, 583 million podcasters. I know, but and, the- and half of them are libertarian autists. So you have to hone in on a name or a. I know, or- but I'm gonna hone in on an expression. I a lot of people have heard this where he said, you know, the past is like a different country. People live differently there, and. Um, I, I, I find it always very difficult to try to compare today to the past because I don't think we can fully get into the mindset to do an adequate comparison. But I mean, it certainly is the crazy it's been in context that that we've been part of and that we can understand. But, you know, you talk to much, much older people and they'll tell you the early 1970s you know, with the whole red threat and, you know, wanting to get involved because we feared that the world was turning communist and the Vietnam War and all of that. That was pretty damn crazy, too. But I can only read about it. I can't really relate to it. So I always get very hesitant to say that our time now is the craziest. It's certainly the craziest I've experienced. Yeah. See, I'm I'm more willing to make a fool of myself and jump right in and make bold statements. And say, <laughs> say I've been crazy. doing a lot of studies of the early 70s, and that was pretty bad. It was. I mean, it wasn't good. Yeah. I wonder, but do I do I think we're entering into a time very similar to that, that I would say, yes, I do, actually. I think there's a lot of parallels with what's going on and the late 60s, early 70s in this country, which is when the Libertarian Party was born. Yeah, and I think too. I mean, I think the reason I might make an argument that today is is a little crazier is just because we've never seen the government have this much power, and so everything that they're doing, um, you know, unless you completely absolve yourself of 
the system itself, which let's be honest with each other. You can't. It's illegal to absolve yourself. Right. I mean, I mean, I shouldn't say completely. I should say 95%. Even if you do that, you know, you're usually probably, but the overwhelming majority of people are latched to the system. And so every little thing that the government does, does have a bigger impact because we're more reliant on everything that the government does. And so I'm thinking that the, the, the hypersensitivity to, to politics today is because people have become more reliant on the people making the policies uh, and and so they're they're hypersensitive and hyper focused on it which makes you hypersensitive and 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 more divided because you still have your massive ego and and opinions and uh, your I cat is making a cameo my cat is actually a racist my cat is actually <laughs> an alt-right she stormed the capitol on January 6th. Ah, the fugitive. <laughs> yes. She stormed the Capitol on January 6th, and she's evaded capture by, yeah. by the FBI. Uh, she's been she's been bunkering down here, <laughs> and I will not give her up. I know the FBI <laughs> tweeted some shit out to snitch on the people that you know who went to the Capitol on January 6th. I will not. I will not. And she will be here. And she will be a patriot as long as she lives. <laughs> That's how that works. And you know what? Guess what? She she wants she wants she likes it that DeSantis sent those migrants up to fucking Martha's Vineyard. She's a fan. She's a fan. What do you think about that? What do you think about the whole migrant situation and the whole? I I did a Substack on it. I thought it was a great hypocrisy revealer, but I do have to say, you know, uh, my my Christian side is offended by using people in that way, but I do think it was a big eye opener, and that those people are fucking hip- hypocrites that can fuck off but i'm not going to say i'm a fan of using people as props i mean i i think there's good points on both sides but i think the people that are distracting from the really hypocritical response of martha's vineyard by just going ooh desantis ooh desantis they're not being intellectually honest i think you can discuss both sides of it but and for that ultra privileged woman to say we have a housing crisis in Martha's Vineyard <laughs> are you Marie Antoinette like yeah. what the actual hell lady yeah no go to fucking West Virginia housing fuck- crisis in Martha's Vineyard like are I tell you, you what the crisis is in Martha's Vineyard. It's the fucking architecture. They need to fucking fix it. It's disgusting. They've let these beautiful homes that were once very majestic and very, uh, you know, well put together in w- with 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 traditional architecture. They're starting to mold it with modern shit, and I don't like it. And they should all, you know, fuck whatever they did with the migrants. Fit, you know, return to tradition. Return to I don't who's running it? Who's running Martha's Vineyard? Who's the mayor of Martha's Vineyard? You can't control the way people are gonna have their houses, dude. I don't like it. I don't like it. I want it to be traditional. I have a very, very strong bias against tradi- uh, modern architecture. Modern then buy all the property and you can make it however you like. But private owners, if they want to make their properties look Listen, modern. I will never buy I will never buy property in Massachusetts. That fucking crazy ass state i will never do so that whole state just seems first of all even if it yes it's liberal and super fucking suppressive of the of the population if you ask me also it's haunted from what i hear so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna well, do i'm that. a big fan of haunted are you a big fan of, are do you watch the ghost shows do you no watch the, but but i believe in ghosts i don't care what anyone i can't you know what here's the thing what do you think so so you're you're are you a would you consider yourself a christian woman Yes, absolutely. See, I'm an atheist. And so I don't even know, but I, I'm an atheist, but I kind of believe in an afterlife. So I'm a little not an atheist. But here's the thing a lot of uh, my friends are Catholic and Christian, Jews. I don't think you have to not be an atheist to believe in an afterlife. It just means that whatever natural life there is, you think there's something else. I don't think right. you have to be theistic to. Well, a lot, of, a lot of atheists believe that it's just, you go, it goes black. Um, but I'm but, just saying, I don't think it requires a God 
to think that our consciousness goes on in some way. It just is a gap in our knowledge. I mean, I'm obviously believing in a God and I'm not, you know, here I am defending your, your atheist. I don't, I don't think that I know. Requires... You better be careful. You, you better be careful. Uh, but I just don't think logically it follows. I think atheists can believe in an afterlife. They just think it's naturalistic. It's just yeah, something we don't is. know. I mean, because so here's what I always thought of ghosts because people, my like my Christian friends would go, "How do you believe in ghosts? You don't even believe." Well, it's not even that I don't believe like people come back to haunt people, but there's so much. Oh, there's people I want to haunt. I sure hope I get to do that. Well, I don't know about that. You you might have to sign waivers and shit, and I'm not. I'll see. Listen, as long as it's not like selling my soul to the devil, I'll sign some waivers to come fuck with some people. I believe probably. (laughs) I'll sign the ghost waiver. Well, you bet. Get it notarized. You know these people. The ghost, <laughs> the ghost. Um, I think it's probably not like the soul of a human. It's probably soul of, or or it's probably leftover something type of particle matter that creates energy. But I do believe that whatever it is, it's fucking. I'm into it. I'm into it. I like. I, there's lots of shit we don't know. My my brother. Like, this is weird. Now he's since passed away, but he got struck by lightning as a kid. And okay. survived, and ever since then he saw ghosts. Interesting. Did he now? Did he get that those the like the lines in his skin, the permanent? Uh, no, but no? he was out fishing like a dumbass, and like dared God by lifting up his uh, fishing pole, and God said, "Okay, you little shit." <laughs> oh man, he got it straight to the yeah. Yeah, and he was on a pier straddling it, and luckily he fell to the pier side rather than the water side but he was weird ever since then now again he's since passed away of cancer but Mm. he would tell you some creepy stories about ghost stories and like now maybe he was mental but he certainly believed he was seeing ghosts i mean there's a lot of there's there's stories there's fucking i mean listen one good thing about phones and I have a I have a bone to pick with people always having phones and recording. Now let me be clear: I've never seen a ghost. I'd like to, though. I think I've seen a ghost, and it's uh, Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan. She's no, a ghost. she's alive. She's that a means spirit. She, well, she's, she's a, a spirit. malevolent spirit. I want to see male- a good ghost. No, that's you know, you probably could have went to a friendly ghost. You could have went to uh, the Queen's funeral and saw the ghost of Princess Diana just queefing over the casket because she just doesn't give a fuck. She, yeah. They killed her. They oh, killed her. She well, was going to pollute the royal bloodline with an Arab, and they weren't having any of that. They killed and, her. And McAfee didn't kill himself, and neither did Epstein. We all know. My mother used to venerate Princess Diana. Well, she, she was a remarkable woman. But the the thing is, what what happened? She was she was very you know she was AIDS. She hugs the eggs AIDS patient. It was very nice. But one of the things that baffled me was the fact that they turned her into a standard of like beauty. And I was like, why did you guys do that? Why did you turn her into like a? Why did you guys try to turn her into a like a like a super beautiful woman? When she was not, I mean, she was fine. She was average looking. But why did you take that route? Why did you go that route? Why didn't you instead do like the, the route of, oh, wow, what a humanitarian. What an intellectual for a royal. What an intellectual. You know what I mean? Like, why did like people who, who admired her take the sex symbol route? It was very bizarre. Hey, I, uh... <laughs> She had a, I mean, I thought she was a cutie pie. She listen. She had a nose as big as mine. There's nothing. There There's was, nothing wrong with being unconventionally attractive. Okay, that's fair. Unconventionally attractive. She was unconventionally attractive. Conventionally attractive can be boring. Conventionally attractive is no longer attractive because you have to be an obese woman to get on a front page of a, a modeling. Yeah, that's not attractive. It's not attractive. Well, it's not even not attractive. It's just not. It shouldn't be encouraged. There's a lot of obese people in this country. And, you know, okaying that, giving them the okay to go, to keep, just keep going. I mean, that can't be. So, and that, to me, this actually, let me tie this back to the self-reliance argument. 
Like the, I do feel like encouraging a fat population is encouraging a reliant population as well. There's like, there's a, there's a tie-in. Because if there's you live- a fine line, you don't want to be bullying people either. Listen, I've I've been a fatty. Um, I didn't like it, and I I'm still a little fatter right now. I got I about twenty. Be. I got about twenty to lose. I'm keto though. I got days. about fifteen to lose. Yeah, I got about twenty. I'm eight days keto, and let me tell you something. With keto, I, you, I mean, you lose weight pretty quickly, but like the energy you have is insane. But, I, you know, I don't believe in shaming people either. But I also don't believe in lying to them and saying that it's healthy to be fat because it's not healthy to be fat. And listen, I'm a very listen. I drink like 10 of these a day. I'm damn well aware that it's Is not that a Mountain healthy. Dew. Yes. Holy shit. What I'm are you di- doing? I love them. I know damn well it's not healthy, I don't, but I don't want anyone trying to fool me. I know what I'm doing. It's not healthy. It's my choice. And yeah. Speaking of that, I need some more. Wow. Listen, I I can't even tell you the last time I had a Mountain Dew. They, I, I mean, can't I tell think... you the last time I haven't had one in the last hour. Jesus look, Christ. here's my other can. You oh think my... I'm kidding? Look, look in the background. What do you see on top of the trash? That is a carton. That's, okay, there's more in the, fr- there's a there fridge is, behind that there's carton. There's a carton. That... Of Mountain Dew on top of a what looks like a mini fridge, which is I'm assuming. What's well, a trash a, can? But behind that curtain is a full size fridge that's full Christ. of Mountain Dew. Jesus, are you getting Everyone money from know- them? No, I just love it. Wow. Everyone knows that about me. Every that's... show, they're like, "Where's your Mountain Dew?" I'm like, "Yeah." I, I mean, I, I I guess I've watched you. I, I've watched your show, but I didn't realize it was an obsession like this. Oh God, yes. Interesting. See, if I had to do a soda to to dive into, it'd be Dr. Pepper. It's like, it's like the, this is like the traditional, like, oh, do you do whiskey or do you do like vodka, like clear versus brown? You know, the, the mellow yellows, the Mountain Dews, the Sprites, the seven ups, but then you've got the Cokes, the Pepsis, the Dr. Peppers. I'm more of a dark soda type of guy. No, I'm like, what is it? Is it yellow number seven? I forgot exactly what it is. Yeah. No, yellow number. Hold on. It's right there. Yellow number five, baby. Oh yeah, I have heard about that. Isn't it supposed to be like that's supposed to be like yeah, carcinogenic? Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, I didn't know. I read something a few years back, but there was a time where people would use Coca Cola to like peel shit off of roads, like to dissolve shit off of surfaces. Oh yeah. So it's not like anything is great. Now our whole our whole fucking food supply is shit. Now, this shit is is addictive. Like, yeah. there's something in it that I will just I can't. This is if the same I don't thing have with... my Mountain Dew. I I want to just eat Tokyo. Have you ever considered taking up smoking instead? Just now, I've never smoked in my life. Interesting. Interesting. This is my vice. That's your vice. Smoking, nothing, drinking. No, I've never. Uh, well, I drink occasionally, but I don't really care. I could give up drinking tomorrow and not care. Yeah. Huh. But not my Mountain Dew. But the crazy. So the same, like that same shit, that same like addictive. uh, I don't know if it's the exact same addictive ingredient, but there is. They do add like addictive shit in Doritos in the powder that they put on the chips. Oh, really? I don't like them so much. It's it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. That whole fucking like Dasani water. I don't know if you've heard of of mm-hmm. that but they put like small amounts of salt so you're thirstier you actually when you could drink a bottle of water a bottle of Dasani water and you will most likely be more thirsty after the bottle of water because they add salt to the fucking to it and so they so you get another Dasani it's crazy <laughs> it's insane I mean these companies are crazy if they and- add yellow number five to it I'm in <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You think that's what makes it so tasty? I I do. Let me tell you, when I first got married to Wayne, he thought he was going to break me of all my unhappy, uh, unhealthy habits. Yeah, the unstoppable force met the immovable object with that. He's just given up. I mean, it's not a bad, you know, seeing as there's an overall, like, fentanyl and opioid crisis in the country, Mountain Dew's not bad. Yeah, I have if, a Mountain Dew crisis. That's it. 
yeah don't, if you're gonna don't come for me <laughs> if you're going to select a vice i suppose mountain dew is fairly mild you know that or you know even cigarettes you're probably better off yeah, i don't, never smoke them they smell bad they do smell bad let me ask you something this just popped up on the screen that i'm watching here and i there was something on twitter i saw uh oh uh blackrock has acquired ancestry.com and if i'm assuming you i mean you probably already know about blackrock but i have no idea what blackrock is and i thought ancestry.com was owned by the mormon church what ancestry.com was owned by the mormon church really yeah that's how they do their baptisms for the dead interesting really that's the, they're huge into genealogy if you ever want to research genealogy you got to go to the mormon church i went to their genealogy center in salt lake city because they think it's their religious duty to track down all their ancestors because they believe you can be baptized at a proxy for dead people so that they can be sprung from wherever the mormon thing is so blackrock is one of the uh uh hedge funds that has you know there's there's the you read all the stories about how there's like five hedge funds that control most of the companies in the united states um just because most of them are board members on these companies they're major stakeholders a lot of times they're uh the 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 largest shareholder by a, a large margin um and the two that are the biggest are vanguard and blackrock and BlackRock kind of came to the public's attention during the COVID crisis when they started buying up all the housing. Um, you know, they were spending billions and billions of dollars buying up all the housing. And uh, it, it alarmed even like the Washington Post like wrote about it and said, hey, there's this company that's buying up literally all the fucking houses. What the fuck is their plan here? And so they've kind of been on the radar since then they've done a few things here and there it's it they haven't done much since they were buying up the housing um it's just come to the the people's attention at least the people that i the circles that i move in which i'm pretty sure is the same circles that you move in as well um and they were saying you know these are this company's major shareholders in like 85 percent of the of the major corporations in this country they seem to have a massive amount of influence and nobody's ever heard of them and uh i yeah it just popped up it said they have now acquired ancestry.com they Um, must have bought it from the mormons then listen that's a tough buy they're not an easy sell yeah that's crazy they're pretty hey, tight knit. They usually want to keep things within the community. Well, and that's it's 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 a major religious obligation to them too. They also own newspapers.com a lot of people don't know. The Mormons? Yep. Hmm. They're kind of like the they're they're a bit like there's there's communities that like to stay tight knit. Jews, Asians, Mormons, I guess. Well, they were super persecuted by the government, so it makes sense. Yeah, they went down to Mexico. They went down Mexico way. They wanted to practice polygamy. They went down Mexico way. They stayed there. Mitt Romney is technically a Mexican or was born in Mexico. I don't know. Somewhere. He has Mexican somewhere in his history. And then recently, I don't know if you heard. I, I mean, this was a big story. They like uh, The cartel slaughtered an entire like village of of Mormons. No, I never heard that. Yeah, they did. They it was crazy. <laughs> and there was it was, you know, there's a lot of Mormons in Mexico because they didn't want to have to deal with the American God, even back then, the American government was getting on people's nerves. Well, Mormons are there's a lot of really good Mormon libertarians because they've been persecuted by the government. Yeah, persecution leads to uh usually a mindset that that wants to be separated from the government. And I don't know, it's it's very interesting because I don't I don't see that in the black community as much as I see it in like uh, you know Jews uh like especially like Hasidics in New York. They they don't want to have anything to do with the government. Um or it should be in the black community. It should the be government. that's what I mean, but I feel like the government allowed slavery. 
and enforce Jim Crow. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I, I, I see you do see it in a lot of these other uh, like the Amish and all, like that you see a complete and utter uh, 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 disgust when referencing the government in these communities uh, that have been treated pretty poorly by the government. And one, uh, again, that arguably the one that's been treated the worst by the government in this country yet seems to be voting like neoliberal type, you know, they have neoliberal voting tendencies. And so I, I'm wondering, I mean, what could be causing that, do you think? I really don't know, but it's I wish interesting, it would change. Though, right? Well, it, it could possibly due to the fact that um, it's viewed that the government and fomenting the civil war is the one that solved their own problem. So that could be it. I, I really don't know though. I don't like speaking for communities. I'm not, they don't have much experience with because, you know, you, you grow up seeped in that. And I, I don't think outsiders can fully understand. Yeah. It could be a thing of, of, you know, if you get into a hamster wheel, um, no matter how, you know, Outsiders will see it as rational to just step off the hamster wheel, but sometimes you don't see a way off of it. But, you, you know, know, there's guys like Mosh Teray and stuff that I think are really opening eyes. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, like, the Hotep community, Hotep Jesus, uh, Mosh Teray, uh, you know, uh, who's the guy on Fox News, Black Eye on Fox News, whoever. But there I don't is... watch Fox, so I don't know. Cause I, and it's not that I wouldn't watch, because I watch all points of view. I don't have cable. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. You stream? You big streamer? Hulu? Yeah, I, I, yeah I, no, I watch YouTube. That's all I do. So I watch a lot of alternative stuff. Gotcha. Well, that's the way to go. I mean, if you're... Here's the thing. There's... You can do two of... You can do one of two things. Well, you can do one of three things when it comes to acquiring information regarding politics and current events. You can pick one. You can be the Fox News guy. You can be the MSNBC guy. You can be the CNN. You can pick one and just come home and watch it every night. Usually that leads to uh, a life of probably divorce <laughs> and uh, a, a very sad death in the ditch uh, 10 miles away from your local bar because you couldn't take it anymore. You had a few drinks. You drove into the ditch and you're dead. You can do the thing where you abandon all hope in unbiased factual information and jump around to Fox and CNN and MSNBC and do all of that and just try to get everything as, as you know, complete as you can. Or you can completely disregard any type of mainstream shit and do fringe only and try to jump around the fringe biases as well. And so... Right now, I'm kind of doing the, the the second and the third option. I'm jumping back and forth from it, where I'm just kind of jumping around fringe and then jumping around mainstream just to see what they're saying and then going back. And so it's... it's But because that's the situation, those are the options with, you know, taking in and, and absorbing news, it makes it very, very difficult to to be caught up and have accurate information, which is definitely contributing to the divide. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I stick to pretty much French. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, listen, it's, it, it's not like at the, at this point, fringe is, is certainly, you know, anybody who has the idea that fringe is somehow less credible. I mean, you know, you've you've not paid attention for a long time yeah. for a very long time it's not just january 6 back here that the mainstream media blew out of proportion they also lied about weapons of mass destruction and it's not even and I, here's the thing here's the thing 2003 okay 2003 government says hey we know for a fact saddam hussein has weapons of mass destruction 
We know for a fact. Okay. I understand as as just an American, at, you're sitting at the dinner table and you hear it on the TV. You're like, well, Jesus, that's wild. I understand how you would just go, Jesus, that's fucking crazy. We've probably got to do something. But journalists are supposed to challenge. And nobody fucking challenged. Some did. I shouldn't say nobody. Nobody who had mainstream backing challenged. And that's what pisses me off. Not that yeah, very few did. Yeah, very few yeah. did. And and so it's, it's it's I'm not even pissed that people got fooled. I'm pissed that nobody even tried to push back on it. Everybody hated the media. Well, a good portion of people in this country hated the media when Trump was in office. I didn't mind it. I didn't like that they fucking made up shit all the time. I didn't like that. But I liked that at least they had it. At least they, I'd rather have my media not like the president. Because then they really, like, they dig for shit. And if they find something, they'll bring it to light. I'd rather do that than have the media just love and adore the fucking whoever it is and never ask any questions. Because that's what we're, we're doing with Biden. Nobody's asking questions. Nobody gives it. Nobody's asking. Like, it's just, it's one guy, Peter Ducey from Fox. And he's really not even asking that tough of questions. So I'd rather have a media who hates the president than loves them. You know, even if they're unfair to the president, I'd rather have them be unfair and very challenging than fair, but like super soft. If you understand what I'm saying. No, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and to be fair, I don't know when the journalist, uh, I don't know when journalism pivoted. You know, I, I feel like it's at one point it had to have been somewhat unbiased, right? Or some, somewhat objective. Was it never? I don't think it ever was. I just don't think people knew. Yeah. Maybe social media is the... the yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the media was never... No. I don't think it was. I it, People just didn't know. They they trusted. Yeah. Do you think it's a good... So so one of the things that, that uh, it comes to fruition with the lack of trust in the media is social division and societal conflict and so you know when you look in the at, at what we're at, when you look at the paradigm now when you look at the situation now do you think the payoff for distrust is worth it do you think that yes weathering through societal divide and conflict and what will most likely be probably the downfall of the country is worth having well, the, distrust. You, that that's the red pill blue thing, isn't it? I'd rather know the truth, even if it causes all kinds of problems. Sure. So where do you think it heads then? Everybody distrusts everybody else. You have some people living in a fantasy world, some people who are living in a separate but equal fantasy world, and then you have some people who have may not necessarily know the truth, but are at least digging. And so you have, you know, these fractures in the country. Um, and I'm sure if you delved into the societal construct, current societal construct in other countries, it's probably the same thing. Where, do, where does this go, do you think? We're too big to not fail. Really? It, it, you can't keep... People are just too different. And when you start increasing government force, people are going to rebel against that. Unless we were like an entirely libertarian nation, then we probably would be impossible to keep together because just libertarians. Um, everyone is fighting for that same government gun. And there's going to be winners and losers, and the losers are not going to put up with it. They're just not. I think a breakup is absolutely inevitable and I'm praying for it to be peaceful now do you think it would be if, if you and I know it's really quite impossible to to forecast this in any type of accuracy but if you had to if you had to guess how 
how would the United States break up? Would it be by region? Would it be by state? Would it be, you know, complete hyper-localization and anarchy? What are you thinking? Well, I think it it would start by region, but I don't think it would end there. Um, I happen to be like the type of person who believes that great societal changes, they don't always happen violently, but I do believe they always happen quickly if you if you study history. And I, I think we're stuck in a model of like, what variation of what we have now are we going to end up with? And I don't think that's the way it's going to be. And I hate to make these kinds of analogies because it's almost like a Godwin's type thing, though I'm not going to bring up Hitler. Um, but Do back- it. But no, actually, it, it, you're required it, to on this podcast to bring up. Hitler but Hitler's not a good example here. But but the pre-Civil War South is a good example here. When everybody was was advocating that slavery was wrong, uh, it, it's so funny today. If you advocate government's wrong, you, you hear people going, "Yeah, but what are we going to do without government?" And I'm just like, you know, you're making the exact same argument that the Southerners did. What are we going to do without slaves? Our economy's going to collapse. Who's going to pick the cotton? You know. And I don't think the abolitionists were required to have an answer to that because slavery was wrong even if you can't answer who's going to pick the cotton. It ain't going to be slaves. Let's just put it that way. Um, So I think the solution that's going to come out of this is going to be something entirely unanticipated. So I don't even worry about it because I believe in human ingenuity and I do believe we are on the cusp of the next major step in political human evolution. And I think democracy was the last one. The American Revolution was a huge step forward from things that happened before. And I don't think that could have been anticipated. I don't think American could have been anticipated. All the people were unhappy with monarchy. I don't think they could have gone, oh, this is what we're going to have. So I really don't waste much time on what comes next because what comes next is going to come. And bigger brains than me and social forces that I probably don't completely understand will shape it. I kind of hope we go back to something um, that was somewhat experimented with in ancient Ireland, which was like, a, I, I think the word was multivaic um, legal system where it wasn't really by regions. It wasn't geographically based. And I'm not trying to get all science fiction-y, but there's plenty of science fiction novels. And the reason that science fiction writers come up with this, they don't come up, they come up with things that they actually believe could be the future, even if they seem far out now, where you can choose um, the government, if that's the word you want to use, or um, controls that you choose to be under without having to leave your geographic region. I don't think that's something that's particularly far out and people will learn to deal with that. Um, but I think there, a, a breakup will at first be regional and they're going to have the same exact problems that we had nationally. It might go to hyperlocalization for a while. And then for survival, people are going to band together again in larger units. But I think it's going to be on a different basis than we have now. I think the country, the, the nation state, or however you want to put it, I think we're seeing that in its death throes. I hope we are, um, but not violently. And I'm looking forward to what the next phase of human cooperation is going to be. And I actually think it's going to be probably not in our lifetimes, but I think it's inevitable we're going to be leaving this planet. Again, I know I'm getting really science fiction-y here, but the minute we do and we start either having colonies that are in space that are on any kind of planet at all, um, things are going to rapidly change because we're so earthbound now and, and paradigms are going to change. But the fall of the nation state, I think, is coming. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, that's a. I don't know if I've ever heard that put so well in the sense of, of it, it wasn't the North's job to have an alternative to slavery to stamp out slavery. Just like right. I, it's not. I think aggression is wrong. I, I, people are always coming at me. Well, well, tell me how your libertarian utopia will be. I go, 
I don't. Ha- I don't have an obligation to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's wrong whether or not I have an answer. I like theorizing about answers, but realizing that I probably am not going to see the opportunity. The opportunity will become available when we need it. Um, I have great, great faith in human um, ingenuity. And it's the same thing with like global warming and stuff. I do think we're in a crisis and I also think we're going to solve it in a, in a way we've never expected right now. And that the pressure from it, we can't, relieving the pressure might actually keep us from solving it because humans do best in crisis situations. There's something it, about the, the 11th hour, isn't yes. there? There's, that it's in human nature. We will find a way. I have absolute faith that we will. And um, in trying to relieve it and then just putting people into poverty and misery is not the answer. Um, the big brains of this world are not going to let the planet be destroyed. We will find a way. And it's not going to be through fucking politics. It's going to be through <laughs> entrepreneurs looking to make money. Yeah, I, I agree with it. Maybe hydro engines. I'm reading about them. They might be a better alternative than electric vehicles. Yeah, there's going to be a way. I'm absolutely confident of it. And that's why I'm always like one of the early adopters of everything. The interesting aspect of, of leaving the planet and the probably the sense of community and uh, cooperation that that would sow is it, it leads to an interesting notion about every human being is that if everybody in a group is uh, doesn't feel uh, comfortable, if they're all uncomfortable and they're all in a very weird, different place that they've ever been in, they'll go to each other, right? Now, if, if you're in a situation, obviously, where you're comfortable but somebody else isn't, you're much less likely to want to have to, to go cooperate with that person and communicate and 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 find common ground but if you're all in the same situation and that situation is uncomfortable um you don't know what's going on you feel like the the ground has been ripped out you know beneath you then you're much more willing to go and 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 just collaborate and cooperate and empathize with people just because you know they're people and so you know, there there is the argument, not the argument. I mean, it's it, there is the idea that under these crises uh, that you that you mentioned, and the the fact that you you the eleventh hour and every that that chaos, that uncomfortability, that fear, that craziness may well bring people together like it's never brought people together before, because they just need to find somebody. You know, there is, there is a beauty, there's a problem with it, but also there is a beauty in a person standing somewhere and just not wanting to be alone anymore, realizing they don't give a shit if the other person that they see across the street voted this way or speaks this language or practices this religion, they just need to go find somebody. There's a beauty in that. And it's problematic because when you get to that state, oftentimes you're very emotionally distressed and you're you're broken down to the very basic nature of of human existence. And that's not good. I wouldn't you know, I don't want that for people. But there is a beauty in that because then you don't give a fuck who it is. You just find a person and you're so happy to see another person and you hug them. And you know what I mean? So that type of situation, I think that you I mean, I don't know if it would be necessarily that dramatic, but that type of situation very well may be the catalyst to uh, something close to global empathy, you know? No, I, I, I agree. I think we're, we're a lot on, on the same page. Um, and, and you want to know someone else, I, I wouldn't say he would agree with me on all these points, but someone who really pointed me in the direction of, yeah, a lot of people in the LP particularly are really stuck on the the notion of baby steps. Oh, that's how the commies won and all that. Um, I, 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 I'll take baby steps, obviously, because anytime you can um, earn 
earns the wrong word, win, um, additional freedom for any human being, that's a victory. But I don't think that's the way we're going to achieve victory. Um, I, I believe that the best and most rapid, I mean, the best and most impactful social change, impactful for good or for evil, happens very rapidly. And it doesn't happen through baby steps. The world we live in now I don't know whether we're just blind to it is so radically different from the world five years ago. Um, I'm very much like a social liberal. I would even even call myself, you know, I got a good ch chunk of SJW in me myself, unlike most of the other people in the Mises caucus. But I don't think we would have dreamed five years ago that people would be ostracized for daring to define the word woman. Like, that's insane that you have women's advocacy groups that won't define women. And anybody who brings this up, you get called a hater. Like, what the actual hell has happened? So social change, um, everything is ultimately a social change, I believe. Even economics are fueled by social change. Can happen very rapidly. So while I see a lot of real depressing changes happen, it gives me hope that the good changes we want can happen very rapidly as well. I do agree that that in history things do happen pretty quick, somewhat not necessarily impulsively, but um, they do happen quickly. And I think maybe the reason that all of that progress happens so quickly is when you get caught up in a situation where things are moving so fast, everybody else just starts to move fast too and go, hey, yeah, no time to sit and ponder about it. You just got to do. You can't think. You got to do. Yeah. You can't pontificate. You got to execute. And that becomes a, you know, a, a societal norm or whatever, you know, a, a revolutionary norm or whatever it is that's happening, that becomes the norm where the pace just is what it is and you just have to keep up and people adjust. People are, you know, people are people are very adaptable. They just, we don't have practice adaptability very much. We don't flex the adaptable muscle very often, but people are extremely flexible. It's insane how how flexible a person can be when they're put in a situation where they have to be. Yeah. It's just that we don't flex that muscle anymore. And so I think you're right. I think that probably what will happen will be swift. Um, I think probably, and again, this is coming from a, a perspective, uh, you know, that is outside of what will lead to whatever it is that comes after we're living now. So it's not necessarily going to be, you know, accurate or, or whatever but I do think that a form of anarchy is kind of the natural procession from uh, progression from what was supposed to be a, a, a somewhat libertarian democracy or panarchy like I'm I mean I personally am an anarchist but when it comes to human society I'm a panarchist I don't know if you're is it like pansexual well, I suppose it can be when it comes to politics, but it basically means I think we need to come up with a solution where everyone gets what they want. And I know that sounds very pie in the sky, but I don't believe, and it actually makes me somewhat nauseous, to hear libertarians spout that everyone is a libertarian and they just don't know it. That's so fucking patronizing. <laughs> we're, we're saying we know people better than they know themselves. And it's just not true. There are people who are happy being ruled. But wouldn't, and, wouldn't, wouldn't the solution that makes everybody happy be no solution at all? Well, no, solution be that make everyone happy is to allow everyone to opt into the system of their choice. So um, things that we view as aggression today, they're only aggression because people don't consent. There's nothing inherently aggressive about the state. The state could exist in quite an authoritarian form. Authoritarian probably wouldn't be the right word because that implies non-consent. But you could have a big brother that controls people's lives if the people consent, actually, literally, affirmatively consent. And while I might find that gross, that's their right. And I think we need to realize there are people who want that and to let them go.
this trying to force everybody into one kind of system and us libertarians think because we know what's best for us we slip into an unconscious paternalism that we think everybody wants freedom and freedom will be best for everybody we don't know what's best for everybody what's best for everybody is what they want to consent to and it might not be what i want to consent to as long as they don't force me into it you want to like uh you know have your little love affair with the state okay gross but you do you boo boo yeah and that's interesting i've actually i've, I've actually made a very uh, similar point when it comes to police um libertarians are usually no fans of the police and that they they think that it should not be a thing because they believe that it is the enforcement arm of the state which is the worst part of the state which the state is already the worst part of humanity to them and to i mean to be quite quite honest the state enforcement the enforcement arm of the state the fact that the state is a, you know an enforceable entity is pretty disgusting i'm not saying i disagree with it but it, there does become the problem of what about the people who don't want to buy a gun to defend their family what if you just want to hire police or just have pay taxes to have police show up and fucking shoot the guy who breaks into your house not everybody's uh, you know fit to be farming and and growing their own food and then shooting everybody who steps on their property that's not everybody in fact i think that's a very small majority of people and so you run into the problem that yes libertarianism maximizes freedom but what what happens when you start to enforce freedom you start to enforce responsibility and so why is enforcing responsibility any better than enforcing tax policy or enforcing, you know what I mean? If you get you you start enfor just by naturally getting rid of these entities that people want to be a part of, you're going to enforce other aspects that they have to uh, take responsibility for in their lives that they didn't consent to. Right, but but I don't think because they didn't consent, they can't force everyone into it. So they're. I mean, there does need to be a social paradigm change. Um, I, I, I don't find the idea of, oh, you want to force non-aggression on people to be a coherent idea. Non-aggression is just the basic moral foundation. But, but that doesn't mean that people can't consent to aggression. The way it needs to be put is not, it, it, it's the non-aggression principle against non-consenting people. And we need to stop defining aggression as people who are happy to pay a taxes. They're not aggressed against. Yeah, I But agree. the fact that everyone is forced into it, that's where the, the aggression is. I think we need to be a lot more um, nuanced in our views. And I also think there's great success, at least I found great success, um, in this country um, with appealing to the Declaration of Independence, not appealing to the Constitution because the Constitution's been warped. I mean, I have the Spooner view of it. It, it. it either was intended to create what we have now or it's powerless to prevent it. But I think the statement in the uh, in the excuse me Declaration of Independence that government can only exist with the consent of the governed and I have found the most powerful statement I can make to anybody of an opposing point of view is I don't consent now what because it forces them to come to terms with the fact that while they might not be aggressed against they are advocating for aggression against me and I think we can leverage the awake I I don't think that this great awakening towards consent culture is a bad thing. I think libertarians can really, really leverage that. And we need to. We we need to lean into consent culture, but apply it consistently to everything. Karen Ann Harlos, everybody. Tell <laughs> at one more time, do the whole round of plugs. Tell everybody where they can find your great work and uh, your great ideas. Well, I'm always really terrible at plugging myself when it comes yeah, to- Yeah, me but... me too. That's why I don't plug guests. So you're going to do it instead of yeah, me. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, Pink Flame of Liberty is my main 
like outlet, which is a YouTube channel. It's also on Twitch, but it's the same content. I, I dual stream. It's, it's, it's not, it's not separate content. And I do stream nearly every day. A lot of it's very libertarian party centric because I, you know, unashamedly that's the avenue that I've, I've chosen. I've chosen to do. It's not a big channel, but it has a very, very dedicated fan base. So yeah, that's the best place, but of course on all the social media, but I can't say that I interact that much on social media. I'm kind of like the Molotov boat, you know, bomb thrower. I'll throw something out there. They'll get a million comments. I probably am not going to interact with them. Um, I just get so thoughts out there. don't fucking bother yeah. her on social media. <laughs> I mean, you tag fucking... me, I'll read it. But, you know, I, I if I see something cool on social media I want to interact with, I'll do it on a live stream where I can actually have time to say everything rather than the sound bites that are on social media. Makes sense. Everybody, go. Don't be a fucking pussy. Go follow Karen. Don't. I mean, listen, just do it. Just do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. Hey, guess what? This is an individual principle too. The, some of the greatest uh, progressions and changes happen very quickly. Don't think about it. Just go follow her. Yeah. Very quickly, very <laughs> rapidly, okay? Please. I beg of you. Don't be a fucking pussy. Don't be, don't be sitting and pontificating like Aristotle or Plato. They got killed, okay? Not so fucking, you know, where are they now? That's the question. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, they wrote some books. But where are they now? That's the question. Um, listen, I know you are a busy woman, so thank you for uh, carving out some time for me and uh, my fan base. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. All right. You have an awesome night. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye-bye.